John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. This is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. This is the High Gain Podcast, John. Merry Christmas, Ed. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas, John. <laughs> yeah. What do we talk about here, John? We talk about guitars. Guitars, guitar pedals, guitar cables, picks. Picks, yes. Amplifiers. Yep. Volume pedals. Whatever. All of it. Guitar racks. Shelving units, wallpapers, straps, all those things. Anything guitar related, that's us. We are not fettered by convention. Nope. We both live in beautiful West Seattle. We do. We are both recording from beautiful West Seattle. Yes. It's a lovely day. I walked up to the junction. I got a cupcake from Cupcake Royale. Oh. I ate it. Delicious. A socially distanced cupcake? Went in, grabbed the cupcake, and walked back out. At no point was my mask off. Mask up, bitches. That's right. You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying, totally. Mask it or lose it. Yeah. Mask it or basket? Mask it or basket? Yeah, yeah. Or your head goes in a basket because we chop it off. Ah, with the guillotine. Right. The Ikea flat pack guillotine. Exactly. The American people busted that guillotine out this week. I'm very proud of them. I just got to take a moment to congratulate our brethren in Philadelphia. Bless. You didn't say bless up. Well, you know, the up is implied. Right. My friends in Georgia. Yes. My son's name is Carter. We have not gone blue since Jimmy was there. Yes. Love you. Love all my Georgia brethren. They are a peach of a people. (laughs) Is that their thing, the peach? Is it the peach state? I hope it is. I get it. Georgia peaches. I think that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty stoked about that. You know, just when I thought I was tired of all the winning. Yeah. Turns out I'm not. Right. Of the many downsides of the last four years, 
one of them is that it did a thing to me that I don't think I love. It taught me to be a very poor winner. But the number of tweets I sent to (laughs) Donald Trump telling him I was masturbating over him crying was insane. (laughs) Cry more, motherfucker. God bless technology, because there is a chance Donald Trump actually sees these tweets. Maybe. Not much of one, but there is a chance that he sees middle-aged white guy in Washington talking about masturbating because of his pain. So, that's a cool thing. Spare a thought for Melania. Goddamn. Shoot her into the sun. You're a rich girl, and you come too far, and you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money, you can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far, and you know it don't matter anyway. Say money, money won't get you too far, get you too far. Beverages. Beverages, Ed? (laughs) Oh, my God. What do you think of that? That is so good. Is Hall and or Oats from Philadelphia? Yes, native sons of Philadelphia. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. This is maybe the best episode we've ever done. Already? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're five minutes in, and this thing is on fire. I love it. It's not even over yet, Ed. Yeah. I have double-fisted my beverages today, and they are both produced in Philadelphia, PA. Oh, gritty. Gritty and the crew brewing up some stuff for you. What do you got? I've got some craft tea. Okay. Herbal blends made in Philly, it says. Yep. Loose leaf herbal tea blend. This particular flavor is high fidelity. Get it? (laughs) I do get it. Yeah. Do they have the pairing of the album? They do. You buy whatever flavor you buy. Yeah. And then it says what it's good for. Right. What it tastes like, what it makes you feel like, and what you should be listening to on vinyl as you drink it. And? This is good for listening to vinyl and feeling warm and groovy. Ooh. It tastes like fresh and smoky cinnamon. It makes you feel like lighting a fire and dropping the needle. Recommended vinyl, though. Like, is there a specific album that it calls out? There is. This is from 2016. They recommend the band Woods. Okay. The album City Sun Eater in the River of Light. I'm going to check that out. Wood is the band? Woods, plural. W-O-U-L-D-S. Woods. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. For viewers viewing at home, uh, you can go to crafttguy.com. Check out the teas. Great. Do you want to know what my other beverage is? Yes. Also from, I don't know what Philadelphia is. Is that the city of brotherly love? Yeah, right? Yeah. This is more of the reanimator coffee that Dr. Frank sent me. Yep. Roasted in Philadelphia. Their logo, by the way, is super cool. I have to get around to buying a t-shirt. It's like an old Middle Ages dude wearing one of those skull caps, and he's holding up a glass vial. Mm -hmm. And in front of him, there's a skeleton being risen from the dead. Oh, I like that. Reanimator. Those are my Philadelphia-based beverages, Ed. What are you drinking? 
I went with our good friends to the north, Orca Beverages. I walked up to the junction, so I grabbed a Orca Beverage from our good friends at Husky Deli. I got an Americana honey cream beverage. Nice. It's not Philly, but it's just in general, God bless America kind of thing, you know? Absolutely. That's my deal today. No one's going to take this away from me, John. Hell no. I'm a card-carrying socialist, by the way, and I'm still happy. You know that song, Rich Girl? Yes. Uh, released in 1976, the year of our bicentennial, Ed. It was a great year. It's right around the time Star Wars comes out in 77, like Jimmy Carter, the greatest president, was coming in. Love it. Are we going to talk about guitars at all today? <laughs> Sounds very humbuckery. Yes. Sounds like a solid body humbuckery kind of thinger. Why would that be good? Uh, what is that one? It's Eye of the Tiger from Rocky when he goes running up the thing, right? Oh, like so it's <laughs> again. Just subconsciously it's just coming to me. Exactly. Wait, were they really playing that? It's Philly, yeah, like it's a Rocky movie. I see three of them, Mick. I don't know what that one is. Rocky's getting so beat up, he's seeing triple. Oh, cool. And Mick's like, hit the one in the middle. <laughs> Burgess Meredith, right? Yeah, he was awesome. 1907 to 1997, Burgess Meredith. I think for today, everybody is from Philadelphia. Or Atlanta. Or Atlanta. Maybe Las Vegas, some Nevada action. Maybe some Arizona. This is a guitar Yeah, from our friends at Yamaha in Japan. We like them. Yeah. We've done the Flying Samurai? Yes, we have. That was from when they first started making electric guitars. Yep. And that was in the 60s when they were trying to do the kind of nutty stuff that everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. I think those guitars from that period, from Yamaha, killer. They're pretty great. What is this you've got? This is an SG-3000. I'm not really familiar with that. You will be. I got some facts. Okay. Eighteen eighty-seven, Ed. Okay. That is when Yamaha is founded by Mr. Torakusu Yamaha. Oh no. Yeah, we lost him in nineteen sixteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Okay. He was a piano and reed organ manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. In World War II, they had to stop making instruments. They were made to make war material. Sure. Airplanes and such. Yeah, so they actually made the World War II fighter planes, huh? They did, yeah. Ooh. Uh, okay. After the war, they thought, well, we've got all this machinery that we were making airplanes with. What are we going to do with this? Let's make motorcycles. Yep. Okay. So they started a kind of, what would you even call it, side gig? Parallel company? Their side piece making motorcycles. Exactly. Sure. And that eventually split from the main company in 1955. 
So Yamaha motorcycles apparently are not associated with actual Yamaha musical instruments. Okay. So they go back to making guitars, and they're making primarily acoustic guitars uh, post-war. Okay. That is the briefest of brief rundowns, Ed. Great. This thing's really nice. Yeah? You just sent me some pictures, so let me take a look at these. Yes. So it's kind of a fancy boy, right? This particular one is very fancy. Oh, that inlay work. Wow. Let's skip forward a little bit to the mid to late 60s. That is when they're making the Flying Samurai ones. Yeah, yeah. Those were their first attempt at making electric guitars. And they started out with the prefix SG. Solid guitar? Yeah. They started with the numbers two and three. I guess those were the first ones. SG2, SG3. Okay. Eventually, you know, the numbers just keep going up. Five, six, seven, twelve, fifty, hundred, as it kind of iterates over itself. At the time, they were kind of ungainly, those awkward shapes, and uh, not particularly popular. That seems like that is just them trying to innovate and come up with, you know, not a Strat, not a Les Paul you know, not a Telecaster. That's what that feels like to me. I think that could be absolutely right. But in that era, yeah, they didn't take off. Unsurprising, but, you know, I have a pretty soft spot in my heart for those guitars. So do I, absolutely. Whereas this one, this S2000, S3000, it's just kind of a Les Paul, SGE looking thing. And so much more. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Here's what was happening, Ed. 1969 begins the race to the bottom for Gibson. Right. As Norlin takes over and starts stinking up the joint. Got it. Coincidentally, 1969 is also the first year that Yamaha guitars are made available in the United States. So they were making them pre-69. You just couldn't buy the Flying Samurais in the U.S.? That's right. Huh. Okay. Fender's not doing much better. We're only four years out from the CBS acquisition of Fender, and their quality is going to a hell in a handbasket. So, Yamaha sees an opening. They're thinking, what if we can make a competing instrument that has every bit, if not more, quality built into it than the current offerings from Gibson and Fender? Sure. So they offer these guitars with two humbuckers on them. It's an SG shape. And it's a slab body, hardtail, and it's got a bolt-on neck. Nothing too fancy about that, but it gets them into the market. And people start taking notice of them as maybe competitive, but nothing too special at that point. Sure. That's 1972. They're in America. They're making these solid-body guitars, trying to compete with the flagging quality of Gibson and Fender. By 1974, they're getting more serious about this. Now, instead of just solid mahogany... They're thinking, well, why don't we carve the tops out of maple and set them on the mahogany bodies? Let's bag the bolt-on neck. Let's make it a set neck. Let's make ebony fretboards available. Let's have fancier appointments. And that becomes very popular with one of my favorites, Ed. Hall of Notes. Uh, Santana. Yeah! <laughs> Santana picks up one of these things and loves it. Man, John and Ed have not had more than a hundred words face to face since March. I still just bam. Oh, Santana. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Great. So, Santana. Santana loves these things. Santana is nutty for them. <laughs> Santana is like, hey, we should work together. Yamaha's like, okay, let's work together. Let's see what we can make happen here. 
I don't really know how much Santana did and how much he, you know, just kind of loaned his name to it after the whole thing was over. Mm-hmm. It's kind of apocryphal that way. But by 76, the Yamaha SG2000 is introduced, and it is a whole reset in terms of quality. Huh. So where are we right now? We've got an SG-shaped body with a carved top, a couple of humbuckers. Bolt-on? Set neck. Set neck. Okay. Now in 1976, with the kind of inspiration of our man Santana, they go from a set neck to a neck through, all the way through the body. More sustain. They double down on sustain, Ed. They create and get a patent for what they call a sustain block, a big fat block of brass that's under the top, and then the tailpiece screws directly into that block, and so it just really sustained. The only people doing that up to that point were the base makers at Alembic. Oh, no kidding. To further get away from the slab idea that they started with, they put a comfort cut in the back. So when it's up against your rib cage, it feels nice. Sure. Love it. There's a fine-tuned bridge. The stop tail I just mentioned is all engraved with a floral and harp design. Very, very fancy. Very fancy. It was available in Cherry Sunburst, Tobacco Sunburst. Cherry, brown, and black. And it was a huge success. Okay. We're getting towards the 80s, Ed. The best times. And this thing's a big success because not only is it super duper well made, plays great, but it's not a copy. Yep. 77, 78, 79, everybody was busy copying Gibson and Fender. Yep, doing their lawsuit shit. Right. So this SG-2000 was seen as a new and unique thing. It's sort of in between like a Les Paul and an SG, but then the cuts are Florentine. Yeah. They're not rounded. Right. It's neither of those, but kind of both. Exactly. You can certainly see where it comes from. Yeah. But by the same token, you can see it is not those. It's not that. Yeah. You're not going to say, oh, it's a Gibson, right? You'll know it's not. In the two and a half years we've been doing this now, there's one opinion that I've voiced. I think it's actually reversed. I would always say I didn't like Florentine cuts. I'm man enough to admit I was wrong. I think the Florentine cut is pretty sweet. I think so, too. You were a big advocate of the Florentine, and I was like, nah, that's gross. That's dumb. Yep. Nope. I was wrong, John. Yep. I'll admit it. I think it's that we did the 175, and I love the 175 so much that it just changed my entire opinion on the cut. How about that? Nice. It took two and a half years, but I got there. That's good. We change. People change. They grow. I'm blooming, John. Your mother and I could not be more proud. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you know, me and Ed's mother. I'll tell her you said hi. Yeah, great. That binding is fire. The binding is Mexican abalone. (laughs) Wow. Which you can no longer do because abalone is endangered. Maybe that's why it looks so cool. Six-ply binding with a central layer of abalone purfling in there. It looks so fancy and cool. It is fancy and cool. This is actually the SG-3000 Custom. Man. And that's where we're headed next, Ed. Neck. Okay. Bridgulation. 
Yeah, I like that. I got a little something special for you, though. Okay. I'm on the bridge, full tone. Oh, what's that? Oh, did I mention each of the tone knobs on this SG3000 Custom have built into them coil taps? Oh, my God. Let's engage both of them. Pretty nice, huh? That is pretty cool. It does not end there, Ed. No. No? No. I'm ready. For all our good friends that love it when Ed talks about pole bangers. Yes. Let me introduce to you all the Spinex High Output Humbucker. Oh, my God. Spinex. Lay this on me. Created in 1982 specifically for the SG3000 Custom. Wait, 82? Yes. The SG3000, not the 2000. Okay. Was introduced in 82. Okay. That's one of the things that's way more special about this. I'm ready. These pickups can get an astounding range of tone. If I go up to the neck pickup... That's about as bassy as I think I can get it. And then if I go down to the bridge pickup and try to get as trebly as I can. Pretty wide range, right? Pretty much, yeah. It's a greater range than a lot of things, and here's why. Yamaha wanted to develop a way to give the user that range, so they noticed that in the pole bangers... Mm -hmm. Depending on the carbon content in the steel you used, sure, you got different results. That makes sense. Yeah. So the neck pickup has a higher carbon content. They found that that produces a warmer, richer tone. And then the bridge pickup has lower carbon content, which they found to be more crisp and bright. Huh. That's some real fucking mad scientist kind of stuff there. They science the hell out of it. I love it when they do that. Yeah. That's very post-war Japan. Figuring shit out. Yeah, like Godzilla stuff. <laughs> Godzilla pickups. Yeah. This thing is kind of a monster, Ed. Yeah. Do so you want to hear what it sounds like when we invite Mr. Uh, Overdrive to the party? Mr. 1981. I know we've had feedback, but turn that up just a little bit. Turn the 1981 up? Yeah, just a little bit. What do you mean by a little bit? <laughs> That's kind of nice, isn't it? I like it a lot. Did a looper. How much do you like that thing? I like it a lot. I'm still getting used to like when to hit it, you know? Yeah, looping takes some work for sure. Yep. What kind of colors could you get this thing in? Uh, metallic black. Ooh. How cool is that? Very. Yeah. Wine red, cream white. Or the gold top. Or the gold top, yeah. I might need to look up the metallic black version of this thing. 
Did we get this from our friends at Thunder Road Guitars? This comes from our friends at Thunder Road Guitars, yes, dot com. Okay. I looked on the website, and I didn't even see it on the website yet. Yeah, membership has its privileges, since uh, they are uh, <laughs> what we consider our home shop. Yeah. We get to do episodes on things that... Uh, They're not even out there. Not even up yet. That's pretty cool. Oh my God, John. What? There's a black one on reverb right now. Uh Uh-oh. Metallic black? Oh my God. Yes. Wow. It's beautiful. In the 80s, when this came out, in the UK and a lot of countries in Europe, it was kind of cost prohibitive to import, much less for anybody to actually buy the Fenders and the Gibsons. Yep. So maybe you didn't see them as much musicians wanting or needing higher quality instruments to play and record with had limited options. One of their options that they came to love was this SG-2000-3000, the SG series. Yeah. Playing on the majority of their albums with these Yamaha SGs were Andy Taylor of Duran Duran. Oh. John Magot from Susie and the Banshees. God damn it. Stuart Adamson from Big Country. (sighs) Paul Reynolds from Flock of Seagulls. No kidding. Yeah. And on this continent, the first couple of solo albums from your man, John Frusciante, were recorded with an (laughs) SG-2000. Pre-peps or post-peps? I think it was post. Yeah. Wow. I have to say, you know my whole stand on Les Pauls. I just don't want one. Don't care. No. Hard pass. Yeah. This is what I would want. This is probably not any lighter than a Les Paul. So if you got one of these, like it's going to have some weight to it. Yeah. It's just cool. Also, neither of us are really fancy boy, gold hardware, big inlay. Right. This makes me change my mind. I like this thing a lot. This thing does a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm very into it. Nonetheless, though, Ed, I think they wanted to go some different direction. In 1985, they discontinued it. Classic. This one, the 3000. Maybe it was too fancy because you could still get the 2000. Yeah. But even still, by 1988, they discontinued the entire SG line. That is a shame. I'm into it. I like this guitar. That is the story of the SG 2000 slash 3000. Hey, did you hear President-elect Joe Biden is President-elect and we don't have to worry about that other fucking shitbag anymore? I did hear that. He's spending a lot of Sunday tweeting that the election was stolen from him and he's contesting everything. Whatever. Good riddance. Yep. Worst president ever. You've been spending an awful lot of time on the web tweeting your frustrations and reposting memes, and it's been very entertaining. The unfiltered ad is Tofu Guns on Twitter. Oh, my God. Yeah, fire up the web box in the basement and go check out it. The long nightmare is ending, John. It is, and if you want to crawl your way out of it, come back to us, everybody. You know, hang out with The High Gain on Discord, maybe patreon.com slash the high game yeah maybe instagram all the socials facebook twitter yeah everywhere yeah okay ed all right john congratulations to america congratulations to philadelphia comrade gritty okay bye okay bye ed